Just our real estate episode number 165. Um, dealing with tired landlords. I love those guys. I'm going to be one one day. <laughs> you know, but at the same time, those guys are the great guys because they own a lot of real estate. All right, welcome to Just Our Real Estate. I am happy to have you here. If you've never tuned into the show before, thank you very much for tuning in. I'm really grateful that you're here. My name is Mike Simmons, I'm your host, and before we get started, I just wanna ask you to do me a quick favor. If you can, pause this podcast, jump over to iTunes, give me a rating and review. I would really appreciate it. It is the best way to show your appreciation for the show. It really helps me out. It helps me reach more people. It helps it uh, helps people find me easier in iTunes, which is ultimately the goal of a podcaster, right? To be found and to be known and to have people tune in and download the show. So by you giving me a rating and review, you're going a long way to helping me out toward that end, and I would really appreciate it. Okay, on to the show. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of, of Just Our Real Estate. I'm really excited to bring you this episode because it's really interesting. Uh, the gentleman that I'm going to interview today is named Steve Mills, and Steve came onto my radar as a wholesaler, and I asked him to be on the show, and he agreed, he graciously agreed, and once I had him booked to come on the show, I started realizing and finding out that he is way more than just a wholesaler, and I had all of the questions lined up that I wanted to ask him, and they were basically wholesaler type, you know, wholesaler questions. They're questions about wholesaling. And once I got him on the show, we really started talking. And although the show is really heavy about wholesaling, um, you know, we started talking about some other things. And I realized that this guy has way more to bring to the table than just talking about wholesaling. And, you know, it was just a great interview. So, you know, I told him I wanted to interview him for about a half an hour. That's a pretty much how long the interviews are scheduled when I when I interview someone. But this interview went over an hour long. It was like an hour and, and 10 minutes or an hour and 15 minutes. And it just really is great content. It's great stuff. And I'm really excited about it. But I'm going to do something I've never done. I'm actually going to split this episode up into a two-part um, interview because it's just, it's a lot. It's a long interview, and I think it's awesome, and I think you can hang in there and, and stay with it, but because it's so long, I know people listen to the show going to work. I know they listen to it while they're working out, and you know, sometimes committing to an hour and 15 minutes of a show is difficult, so I am going to break this up into two separate shows because there's just that much content, and it's just that good, so that's what we're going to do. Today, we'll do uh, episode number one of this interview, or part one, and then next Monday, Monday, I will give you part two of this interview. So stay tuned, get ready, get comfortable. This is a fantastic interview with a really, really amazing real estate investor. I'm thrilled to bring this to you. I hope you enjoy it. All right, thank you for joining me on Just Our Real Estate. I appreciate it very much, and I am excited to have my next guest on. This is a guy who actually lives locally here in the Metro Detroit area with me, so we're gonna talk a lot about investing in Michigan and just investing in general. This guy's done so much, it's unbelievable. I have on the line right now Steve Mills, and Steve is a successful entrepreneur, real estate investor, developer, marketer, and giver. Born October 19th, 1983, and raised in Metro 
Metro Detroit, Michigan. He's the co-founder of the Michigan Property Superstore, a wholesaling and flipping company that's bought and sold almost 400 properties since 2008. He's the managing member in a development company and owner of Chunk of Earth Real Estate, a holding company whose portfolio includes single-family homes, multifamily, land, and commercial properties. Steve has consulted and coached some of the most influential real estate investors and speakers across the nation. Although doing deals and creating opportunity is his day job, personal development and creating wealth is his focus. Steve, welcome to the show, buddy. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Awesome. I'm just, I'm happy to get you on. Like I said, you've been on my radar for a little while here and uh, kind of targeting you and, and it finally worked out for us. So I'm able to have you on and I, I really couldn't be happier. So I, you know, I'm going to be perfectly honest. We spoke here before the show and, and you kind of hit my radar as a wholesaler a little while back. But as we got closer to the interview here and I'm doing my, my research and, and you sent me some information, I realized you do so much more than, than wholesaling. I mean, that is, not it's not the only thing you do by a long shot so we're going to get into that and, and the, the questions that I have lined up for you are pretty wholesaling um, specific and kind of heavy but we'll touch on a lot of this stuff that you're doing and I, I really want to know more so why don't we start just kind of briefly back up and let's talk about your professional background and how you got started in real estate Beautiful, beautiful. <clears throat> I apologize if I clear my throat every uh, you know a couple moments here because I tell you I had a, a little bit of an earache. I was on a little vacation down in the Keys last week and I got some water in my ear. So if I'm clearing my my throat or I sound a little muffled, just you know, pardon <laughs> All right, me. No problem. Um, pardon me if I don't feel bad for you for getting a, <laughs> water in your ear in the Keys. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like the couple people I said it to. You know, like poor poor you. Exactly. You know what I mean? Poor Steve. Um, but yeah, Mike, I, you know, I'm a real estate developer and an investor. Um, we typically specialize in the single family, multifamily, uh, commercial property arena. Um, I started buying and flipping homes in Detroit back in, as you kind of said, um, you know, and it kind of started off as a hobby and turned into a, you know, a little full fledged addiction, if you will. And we did about 400 deals, I would say, um, since then. And, and over the time, we kind of built our company from a hobby of just wholesaling and dreaming and wishing and stuff like that um, into, you know, multiple silos that we have where we have a wholesale distributor part of our company. We have the rehab remodeling side, and we also have the income property side because one thing that, you know, if I could look back on, which I'm sure we'll talk about, is I wish I would have kept more real estate than I own nowadays, especially because the market's up, first of all, you know, but at the same yeah. time, owning real estate and income properties you know, at times it's some of the best things you can do as an investor. Uh, but, you know, that's kind of how I got started was, as, you know, in the mortgage arena. You know, I started off as a loan officer. I did that for myself. Um, you know, it was right around 2006, seven when I was just starting to think about real estate. You know, everybody starts picking up books. They start yep. thinking and, you know, looking into it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I did that almost as like a self-internship where I wanted to learn the mortgage side of it. I wanted to stay involved in the real estate arena while I learned. But also, you know, that all sounds good on the professional side, but the bottom line was, you know, I'm a young 20s guy out there, and I'm like, you know, the last thing I want is a day job. So it's almost anything I could do just not to have a damn job yeah. is what I wanted to do. You know, in mortgages, it was something that was right up my alley because I, I admit I am great at selling. Um, so I kind of started that um, as my, you know, path towards the real estate arena. You know what I mean? And that was back towards 2006 or seven. Okay. So you, you've been involved in real estate since... Yeah, you you didn't have a job in any other industry prior to real estate. 
you know, I uh, worked at Mr. Allen selling some shoes, you know, <laughs> a couple okay. different All things right. like that. But yeah, nothing relating into real estate. Um, once I got in real estate, I started in mortgages from there, you know, and went into the uh, the real estate uh, um, investing side. Gotcha. So <clears throat> I talked in the intro a little bit about what you have going on, and, it, and it's a la it's a laundry list. But what does your business look like today? Where are you focusing? Where you, you talked about some silos, different areas of your company that handle different things. What is your company as a whole? If you had to like describe your company in you know five minutes or less, how would you do it? You know, business is always evolving and, and constantly changing, and, and especially being an entrepreneur, I feel like you have to be, you know, in tune with the market. And what I love is is when I got in business, it's almost like when you got business well, we, we kind of got it at the same time, the sky was falling out, you know, and everybody was yeah. kind of running away. And, you know, that's when I got fully involved and just, you know, absolutely engulfed in the real estate arena and just kind of, you know, again, I got addicted to it. Um, but the market's changed so much. It's, it's starting to come up a little bit. And it's changed, you know, before we had nothing but inventory, you know, we didn't have any buyers. Now, you know, it's a lack of inventory and there's abundance of buyers. So, you know, over the years, our business has always changed. And I feel like the, the, the good entrepreneur is kind of changing with the times. Um, but since then, you know, starting off as a wholesaler, we have created that multiple silos. You know, the way I was taught uh, was creating silos in your business, one that feeds another sector, which is, again, the wholesale division, the rehab division, the income division. Um, you know, where we have single family homes and small multifamily and commercial properties, and then also some land development, you know what I mean? So that, so the progression of an investor has, you know, it's opened up in the arena at the same time. It all started from wholesaling properties. And one thing we do still to this day is wholesale properties. And that's why I'm on this call with you. Um, and that's kind of how we do our day job. But, you know, if I really had to look at my business, um, from a 10,000 foot, you know, view, I would look down on it and say that, you know, we're the rehabbers, we're the wholesalers, but we're also on the developing side and the landlord side because I feel like all four of those sectors kind of feed one another when you are doing this business full-fledged and full-time as I have. So, you know, I'm also a licensed real estate agent at Keller Williams. Um, you know, we have a very simple operation. It's tight, it's mobile, I'm in my vehicle a lot. Um, you know, but I also did just buy a building on Woodward Avenue for my, uh, my new office and stuff like that. So, again... You know, we try to keep it simple, but I do have the wholesale side, the rehab side, and the income side, and okay. everything else is kind of just a byproduct of that, if you will. You know. Yep, that makes sense. And, and you know, like you said, you're, you're on this call basically for your wholesaling side because that's where I, you kind of hit my radar. And we talked before this. I'm, I'm personally, I'm very excited that that I found you because I'm, I'm really. I really need to find a wholesaler that knows what they're doing and and really has deals and not just you know properties with with zero you know ability to to take them on and flip them and make money. So that's exciting personally, but I, I like what you say about the silos and the in the different you know the, basically the four pillars that you're talking about and the that's fact right. that you started with with wholesaling right. You didn't start doing all of these things at one time because that's just it's just crazy you know from a new real estate investor to try to do everything at once is a recipe for disaster. So you kind of mastered one area. And then just sort of moved on and dominated each area until you had all four of them. So I think that's that's a great lesson uh, for new real estate investors. So that's that's cool, very cool to see that you've you gotten know what, to that though, point. Mike, it's kind of cool, as like you said. But the great part about it is, you know, I do agree with you because I've grown too fast in my business and career, where to the point it, it can hurt you. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. But at the same time, having these multiple silos, you might open one door one day and it's going to be a wholesale deal. You close it back up. You might open another door the next day. It might be a rehab deal. So it's just beautiful to have options in this business where you can look at something from a you know sophisticated level and say, hey, 
should I just get rid of this really quick and assign it? Or should I take this and do a remodel? You know, or should I hang on to this thing for a while? You know what I mean? So it's yep. kind of cool where the business has evolved, but again, it, it, it all started from that wholesale deal, you know, and it's yeah. unbelievable. And, and, and kind of a cool thing you said, Mike, is that, you know, you and I haven't even known each other. And what I would like about, you know, especially the folks listening, if they, if they are newer investors, if there's guys out there like us that are making things happen and doing a lot of deals and we don't know about each other, that just goes to tell you that there's so much opportunity out <laughs> yeah. here and so much real estate where yeah. so many people are like, Oh, it's such a controlled business. And Oh gosh, you know, Steve and Eric, they're out there doing, we can't get a deal. It's so far from the truth. Yep. You got to think big, you know what I mean? Because again, yeah. if you know, you and I wouldn't be talking if it wasn't that way. <laughs> yeah, I totally so. agree. And it's sort of that mindset of abundance, right? Instead of like being protective and thinking that you have something proprietary or that everybody else who's investing in real estate is your enemy and they're, you know, they're to be avoided. It's just crazy. Like you said, we, we literally live what 10 miles probably from each other, 15 miles at tops. And, and, and we've never, we've never spoken before. Right. So, I mean, it's insane. <laughs> right. and, and we're both doing deals. I mean, you're, you're doing more than I am. I'll tell you that, but we're both doing deals and I've been doing it the same amount of time. So yeah, there's just so much out there. There's just, I, I really hate that attitude of, I can't, you know, I can't talk to that guy cause he's buying houses in the areas that I buy houses and you know, we're, you know, we're competing. No, you're not, man. No, you're not. There's just so many houses and so many ways to get houses too, right? You're not, you're not pulling, you're not pulling all your houses off the MLS. I know you're not. So you're finding houses that I wouldn't normally have found and, and probably vice versa. So Absolutely. Now, and I know, I know that because you do, you, you in your bio here, we talked a little bit about that. You coach, and I, I guarantee, if you've been doing this since '08, you've had a lot of new investors approach you and ask questions, and you've seen how they run their business or how they try to start their business. What are some of the mistakes that you see new real estate investors making right now? Some of the things where you just kind of, you know, shake your head and you, and you just feel for them because it's not working. You know, because again, I. I remember being that person and it's like yeah, anything you get, you know, it's like riding a bike, you know, when you're younger, you're so scared to do it. But once you ride it, all of a sudden you're a BMX pro, it, any habit in life, you have to start doing it over and over again before it starts becoming comfortable before, you know, you almost start doing it subconsciously. And you know, the number one thing I, I, I try to toss out there, but it's hard to get past that. I could sell you all day on how successful you can be in real estate and be an entrepreneur, but if I can't sell you on the fact that you can't do it, you're not going to go anywhere. And the number one thing I, I do see people doing is too much thinking and not enough doing. I love you that. Know? Yep. And it's, it's even one thing a day. I don't care if it has nothing to do with looking at real estate or let's say, for example, I don't have the money to buy a house or I don't even know how to I'll figure out the repairs needed. I, you know, when I say those things, I'm glad I had good mentors because they taught me well because I'm learning it nowadays. I hear myself. What that tells me, Mike, is that I just got to go contact contractors and walk them through a house and show them yeah. what I need to get bidded. And they're going to teach me. They're going to help me. Yep. You know what I mean? So sometimes the fear of asking a question is more scary than the fact that, you know, we're going to get the right answer. So, you know, again, it, it's too much thinking and not doing I can rifle off numerous things, wrong association. You don't go to McDonald's to find hard money lenders. You know what I mean? So you got to be around real estate entrepreneurs and real estate people or people that understand money and investments. They're the ones that are going to give you money for your deals. You know what I mean? Yep. Wishful thinking. Yep. Uh, I've been a shiny, uh, um, shiny object syndrome guy. I'm not sure if you have, but yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. I've invested over a quarter million dollars in my education, but I tell you what, a lot of that money I probably 
could have put right back in my pocket because I was buying the next coolest thing. You know what I mean? And it's not always oh, yeah. about what the next coolest thing is. It's just the fact that we all want to learn more. And unfortunately, marketers earn off of us, you know, yeah, with that exactly. kind of hunger. You yeah. Know what I mean? You know, it's, it's cool that you said that too, because I don't, I don't, you certainly don't think this did this on purpose, but the, 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 the name of this uh, podcast is just our real estate because the whole idea and the whole reason I started this podcast is I want to help new real estate investors and I want to tell them, you know, my, my number one message is to just start, right? Get out there. And like you said, do something, one thing a day. Don't sit on the sidelines. Don't read another book. If you've been listening to podcasts and, and going to websites and, you know, reading books, whatever, you probably have enough to at least take the first step. Like you said, walk contractors right. through. If you don't know how to how to quote a rehab, walk around with a few contractors. You're going to learn really, really fast. They're going to teach you. So, And there's plenty of people around that you can talk to who will be happy to give you advice and give you a little bit of direction. But you have to get out there and talk to people. You have to take the first step. Nobody's going to come to your house and pull you off the couch and say, come on with me. I want to show you how to be successful. It just doesn't work that way. So I love That's it, man. Right. Go out there and take action and take massive action. Do a lot. Don't, you know. It, you can do it's one asking thing. Asking questions, you know it, what I mean? Exactly. Like really asking a question of proposition, and people sometimes don't. My mentor taught me that a question of proposition is, Mike, will you sell me this piece of real estate? That's a very direct question. It's no and or if buts nothing. It's me asking you a very direct question. So sometimes what we have to do, you know, and I'm sure you can understand this, we have to ask ourselves the right question. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? We yep. have to get focused and understand. And if we realize we're not getting a result. Maybe we're not speaking to the world clearly enough. Maybe we're not speaking to ourselves clearly enough. And I'm, you know, I'm no golden boy on this. I get confused all the damn time. I'm a hyper, <laughs> you know, type person. But at the same time, you know, that kind of stuff is thinking without doing is crippling. Yeah. Um, you know, knowledge without action is it turns into fear. Yep. And fear, gosh, I said number one was thinking too much. Fear probably is absolutely the worst thing to have in life, you know, and we all have it. it. Depends on where you're at and what other areas of your life, but we all fear something. So it's getting over that, being consistent. How many people talk about how do you do this day in and day out? It's because we do this day in and day out. They yeah. just answered the question. Yep. You know, when they say, how do you write so many offers? Exactly what you just said. It's how I write so many offers I get deals. So sometimes the questions we ask people how they do it, we're almost answering them ourselves. Yeah, you know what absolutely, I mean? absolutely. Yeah, and I think that sometimes I think that the, the the internet and all the information that we have at our fingertips nowadays it can be a bad thing because it's very oh, easy yeah. to go. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna just research a little bit more, and then you get that paralysis analysis uh, or analysis paralysis. I guess I got a backward there, and you end up doing nothing because fear will will grip you and it will hold on to you. So I, I, that's such a good point. Now we t you referenced a little earlier about deals and and that things have changed. The market's changed, right? Now you have more buyers than you have deals as opposed to the other way around back in maybe 08, 09. So as a wholesaler, here's the golden question everybody's wondering, especially more advanced or more experienced real estate investors who maybe have some of the funding behind them. We talked a little bit about this before the show. How do you find your deals? Where are you finding the majority of your deals? You know, Mike, I, I, love, I love talking about how, you know, to, to get a deal. You know what I mean? The deal is what we're in this business for. Um, I will say I usually end it with this, but in this new market, I call it the new economy. It's like Dan, Dan Kennedy talks about the new economy. Yep. Most of our deals are done through follow-up. And why I say follow-up is because I'm using direct mail. I'm contacting agents. I'm contacting attorneys. Hey, girlfriends might bring me a home. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
somebody that's going to send me a referral, the MLS, estate properties, investors, family, landlords, Ace Hardware I hang flyers in. I buy a piece of real estate, one one property a year, off having a flyer inside of an Ace Hardware store. You're kidding. Something so small. That's you know what so I mean? funny. But it does get done yeah, because yeah. the old school people do that. I buy a lot of real estate off FISBO signs for rent signs, but I will say the direct mail side of it, understanding the direct mail part of my business has altered and revolutionized our business and lifestyle the past few years because you know, we were the REO machines years ago. I mean, we were buying 50, 70, 90 houses a year, and it was great, and it turned off very quickly, and we had to evolve with that. And through that, what I realized is the direct mail side is very important, Mike, but come on. How many people do you know? And I've been this guy. I'm this guy in a different level of life right now when I'm doing bigger deals. We can spend all the money we want. We can talk to all the people we want about bringing us deals. So when that phone rings, and you're not the right type of person that has taken the time to understand how to speak to a human being, you're not going to get that deal. Right. One of the best things I do to get deals nowadays, and I talk about taking a seller off the market, taking a buyer off the market, or an agent off the market, there's so many guys like you and I that are mailing everybody. You know, We're dealing with the same kind of agents. We're in the same market. You know, We might not know each other, but we are dealing with a lot of different people or the same people right. in the same associations. Right. And one thing I do differently is I love to speak about very personal, normal life, guys. And, I'm, and I admit that. Like, I really look at it where I want to take that agent off the market. What I mean by that, I want him to be sold on Steve. I want her to call Steve when she gets that next deal because her and I are now friends. Right. When I talk to a seller today and she's not ready to sell, she wants to sell maybe in a year or so. Do you think I'm going to throw that lead away? Absolutely not. We're going to follow up. We're going to call. I might even stop by that home if I'm in the community. Because again, guys, I know it might sound cheesy. Like, wait a minute, this guy has done 400 deals. Why would he ever stop by some gal's house that he, you know, she wants to sell her home in a couple of years? Why would he do that? Because me stopping by saying, how's it going? Me being genuine and a real person is going to take that person off the market. Yeah. And what I mean by that is I, you know, people, they don't believe it until I show it to them. Why would somebody who has a $150,000 cash offer, and I'm just going to use you, Mike, as an example, another sure. investor, 150000 then my offer is one hundred and ten. Why would they ever take $40,000 less on a deal when they have another guy that came in and, and, you know, could stroke a check tomorrow just like we can? The difference is the rapport, the negotiation style, the relationship, all these things. So, again, I... You know, there's there's so many ways to find deals, but the number one thing is is training yourself and becoming the person through experience. It takes time. You know what I mean? It really does. But being able to answer that call or talk to that person and really show them that you're confident, it removes them from the market. They're almost like, who else do I need to go to? I got Steve. That's what I want, Mike. And it's not me being in any way, you know, kind of up there. It's me saying that I want that person to really have that good of a feeling towards me and my professionalism that they're going to call and do business with us. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's important. Yeah. And I've heard that phrase before too, like, you know, the money's in the follow-up or some variation of that. And it's true. I think that's probably what, what people do the worst in this business is the follow-up. It is. Right? It is. If it's not immediate you know money, they just, they just move on. And it's a big mistake because this is what I tell folks. I was the same way. On to the next, on to the next. And it's important to get, it's important to do volume 
in, you know, in the beginning of business or in other parts of your business, but there comes a time in life when you want to be quality over quantity. That's who I am. I'd rather be a little bit more classic than the way that I used to bang out deals going crazy. I don't mind doing it, but I am in a different part nowadays. And what I realize is the people I speak to, when they realize how you are different compared to your competition, you're going to get deals by becoming that more sophisticated person, the one that's actually studying harder, you know, visiting people, actually seeing deals physically, knowing what you're talking about. Those people will know when you do talk to them that you're different than the other guy who mailed the letter who never answers his phone. You know yeah, what I mean? Yep, so yep. it is a little bit of a different story where I love to talk about how I get deals. Again, agents, attorneys, you know, referrals, and MLS, estates, Ace Hardware, you know, landlords. I love landlords, the direct mail side, but without you know, understanding human beings. And I mean that like being able to relate to somebody, have a general conversation like you and I right now, which yeah. if you can't do that, start there, yep. learn that because it is a learnable skill. I wasn't always just, you know, being able to chalk it up with certain people, but I became interested in how a guy like Mike could offer 150 and then I could offer one to and I get the deal. Yep. That doesn't make sense on the you know, room floor. They're like, wait a minute, how'd that happen? It's, you know, some people call it magic. It's actually just understanding human beings, and you might earn a friend through this. Yeah, it's absolutely. not all about the money all the time. That's a different avenue, and I know most people are like, "It's the money." I admit it. At times, it's the money, but the other times, Mike, I tell you, there's nothing better than knowing that you and I are just normal guys yep. that can talk. And when yeah. it's time to do a deal, we do it. We're on to the next topic. Well, you know? the bottom line is, I I think this is a people business. No matter how you slice it or what you want to make out of it, it's still a people business at the core. And I, and you kind of answered my next question to an extent, but I'd like to be a little bit specific. When you when you get a new lead, right? You do a marketing campaign, and someone calls your phone and you answer it. Aside from everything you just said, which I think is incredibly important, it's probably the step that most people miss is be a human being and really, 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 really care. But aside from that, which I think is probably maybe even the, the more valuable part of the answer, but the, specifically, because I know I have a lot of new investors who, who listen to this podcast. That's really who I target is kind of the people that are a little bit green or maybe haven't started yet, and they might be considering trying to do marketing. Maybe they want to be a wholesaler. What types of questions do you ask these sellers on the first call when they first call in? How do you screen? What is your process? You know, um I'll just start from, from, you know, what I look for in a deal. Um, I'm looking for free and clear, you know, we're talking about wholesales right now. Yes. I'm looking for a free and clear piece of property or dirt. I'm looking for an out of stair, out of area owner. I'm looking for an absentee owner, which means he's a landlord. I'm looking for, you know, somebody who's involved in the state, they're the representative of the state or a beneficiary who lives out of area. Um, dealing with tired landlords. I love those guys. I'm going to be one one day. You know, but at the same time, those guys are the great guys because they own a lot of real estate. But when they call, again, the best part about, you know, this business, especially as becoming a marketer, is I'm not getting a call from a guy I mailed a letter to who works at McDonald's, just like we were talking about the hard money lender. I'm not getting right. a call from someone who doesn't own real estate. I'm not like, hey, do you even own a home? When right, that right. phone rings, we call it a bird call. That's the way we were taught by our mentor. It's a bird call. When somebody calls... They're calling because we probably sent them a direct piece of mail saying, I'd like to buy your piece of real estate. And the number one thing I do right away, Mike, again, is I ask questions like this. <laughs> How are you doing today? I appreciate you calling me today and taking the time to read my letter and respond about possibly selling your property. 
I'm a little unprepared for this call, Mike. I'm actually driving right back from another project. Can you refresh my memory, John, on what property you're calling on? John might be like, hey, you know, it's 123XYZ Street, or he might be very stern. Right. Well, you called me. You, you, you mailed me. Well, what I'm gonna, you know, it's how I deliver that. So my first questions are is just getting familiar with how he, you know, is responding to me, but I will never be this guy because I used to be. When they call, hi, Steve. I used to be like, who is this? Or Nowadays, I'm like, hey, what's going on? How are you? When that guy hears that, he's almost like, wait, is this guy expecting my call? And he's, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. you know, may I ask who I'm talking to? My name is Mike. Mike, man, how you been? I've been looking to get a, a hold of you, you know, because, Mike, when we get a call on certain lines, we know it's a bird call. When yeah. I get a phone call from certain individuals, and I'll go into knowing uh, or go into uh, talking about how I know who's calling me as well. Right. But the number one thing is when somebody contacts me, that seller right away, it's no coincidence that when they do call, I'm just trying to befriend them. I'm trying to take them off the market. I'm asking them how they are, what's going on in life. But we're not ignoring the fact that we're talking about this piece of real estate. I'm not being cheesy like, so, Jane, tell me about you know what you did today. I'm going to just be very genuine. And, of course, I already know that this property probably is free and clear. It probably has equity. It probably is out of area. But the things I do, Mike... And again, I, I can beat this to a dead horse, um, but I tell you, it's something where when that individual calls, I look for what's called an off-road ramp. That's what I was taught by my mentor. And when I'm talking to you, Mike, and you call me and you say, you know, you, you, you sent me a letter about a property that I own that I inherited, you know, um, and, and I am interested in selling it, you know, what are you going to offer? What did I just hear in that, Mike? What I heard was, you sent me a letter on a property that I inherited. You know right, what I mean? Right, when I yeah. heard that right away, it's a non-owner occupant. It's an estate. It's somebody who has less attachment to that property. So what I'm listening for is the off-road ramps. Right away, I'm, and here's another thing that in the beginning I used to do. When they would say, you know, I inherited this home. My father passed away and, you know, he owned about 10 homes and I live in, you know, Ohio and these are in Detroit, Michigan. I'd just like to sell them. Most people, I used to be this guy, well, can you come up to 10 houses? Give me the dresses. I forgot what it's like to be a human, Mike, doing so many yeah, REOs. Yeah. I forgot to say, you know what? I apologize about your loss. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. let me ask you, Mike, is it too soon to talk about this? Because one thing I will say, <laughs> I do buy real estate, Mike, but I don't need a deal that bad. Yeah. If it's going to cause you pain right now. So if there's not a good time, you know what I mean? I know this sounds cheesy a little yeah. bit. Yeah. You know, I, I heard what somebody <laughs> called this one time. It's like it's like the 19-year-old uh, boy on his first date syndrome. It's just way too aggressive, <laughs> yeah, way too yeah. way too needy. Like, just, you know, just act like you don't need that the money that badly. <laughs> That's right. And, you know, again, <laughs> what I, I look to be genuine because here's the difference. It'd be different different if I had 500 lead calls coming in every single day. Uh, don't get me wrong, we'd all want that, but I would have a full-fledged operation if that was the case where people are sitting in cubicles answering those calls. When we get calls, Mike, our lists are so focused. I'm sure we'll talk about that stuff. Our list of sellers in the properties that I'm going after because I go after quality real estate as well as low-end wholesale real estate. When that person calls, I probably know who they are or what list they came from because I'm going to ask them general questions about the property. I would never ask them, you know, very direct questions. Like, can you just give me the address? I wouldn't ask it that way. I would say, you know, I don't have my, my pad in front of me right now, Mike, I'm driving. You know, can you refresh my memory on address? Oh, it's that one. You know what I mean? So again, right, right. even though they caught me off guard, 
I got to answer that phone because that's why we spend our money as marketers. Yep. And sometimes we get scared to answer the phone. That's why I always just try to ask very basic questions and be genuine and take them off the market so I know that I can follow up. Because, again, the dip, I've had this talk so many times, Mike, and I, I learned this from my mentor and I didn't believe him. I'm like, this will never happen. But I've had so many appointments nowadays where I sit there because I get face-to-face. I love getting face-to-face with sellers. I love when they're like, oh, oh yeah, anyways, you're here for the house. That tells yeah. me that we, like, bonded. Yep. And, I know, again, I'm not trying to be too deep, but this is real real estate I'm talking about. I'm not talking about rifling a 1,000 offers, hoping to burn your name and get, you know, embarrass yourself, and you get a bunch of deals except you can't deliver on. Yep. I'm looking for the very basic person that wants to come in real estate and make extra money in their life and learn how to wholesale, but they're also not looking to take advantage of people. Yep, you absolutely. know what I mean? Yeah, and definitely. it is a step-by-step process. Like you said, the 19-year-old thing, I haven't thought about that in a long time, but boy, is that a perfect, <laughs> perfect example. You, you know, know some I mean? people just come off like that in this business. They're just they're just so badly dying to get that deal that they just, they're so over-aggressive and clumsy and just kind of rude. And you're right. I mean, every, well, I think we all kind of go through that process when we're just very excited in the beginning, but after after a while, you know, like you said, it, you know, this is a it's a it's a people business, and you know what, you're a human being, and, and the other side of the phone, there's another human being. So, you know, everyone wants to be treated like a human being, and probably, like you said, you're trying to take them off the market because there's a chance that they've gotten other letters from other investors, right? You're so, damn right. <laughs> and they're all asking for the address, and they're asking for how much equity, and you know these kind of things. And if you're not doing that, you stand out, right? You just you you seem different. You know what I love doing too, though. As I love, you know, over the years, Mike, is learning the competition, learning, you know, how to talk with people because my sellers, they give me every letter they get. I'm not kidding you. Even when I don't buy the home, these people will mail us letters of other investors from across the country. They'll give us a stack of letters because I want to know my competition. At the same time, everyone's looking for what do you put in your letter? What do you – when these people call, they they can smell (laughs) – yeah, you know I mean, it's just like, you know, anything, you know, you can smell when somebody is, you know, bullshitting. Yeah, yeah. But when somebody calls you, they can tell right away if they're dealing with a real individual. And what I love doing is when I talk to Mary and Mary's like, you know, when I received other letters, I love saying the same three names. Let me guess, you got a letter from da 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 because <laughs> they sent it just like me. And those folks love hearing it because they're like, really? I said, nothing against it. What I want you to do, Mary, though because I'm an honorable guy, just like you said in my letter and all this stuff, because I describe myself very well. And when they call me, here's another thing, Mike. If you do marketing and all of a sudden they call you and your letter's like unbelievable professional and you answer your phone like, what's up? You just lost everything. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you got to be who you are in your marketing when they call and and, and finally talk to you. You got to be that individual. You know what I mean? Yep. I I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. Now, I I do want to jump in because you referenced it. It was a good point and I'd like to, to touch on it. Where are you finding your lists and what types of, of uh, sellers are you are you targeting in those lists? All right, guys, I hate to say it, but that's where I'm going to cut this interview off. The answer that he gives to that last question is really incredible. It's amazing. It's something I've not heard before. His technique for building his lists is really, really unique. So I hate to cut it off here, but like I said, this is a really long interview, and I want you to be able to stick in there and hold in there for the whole thing. So please make sure you tune in next week to hear the second half of my interview with Steve. It's going to be awesome, and I know you're going to enjoy it. 
filled with tons and tons of good information. If you want to see the show notes for the first half of the interview, you can go to juststartrealestate.com forward slash Steve Mills one. Again, that's juststartrealestate.com forward slash Steve Mills one. All right. I can't wait to see you next week. Until then. Okay, guys, one last thing before you go. I'd like to ask you a favor. I'd like you to think about the one thing in your business that you struggle with, something that you really need help with, something that you think I might be able to help you get past, a hurdle, a question, just something that plagues you when you're trying to move forward in your business, and let me know what it is. Shoot me an email at mike at juststartrealestate.com and put the subject line help and tell me what it is that's keeping you from taking the next step, that's keeping you from propelling your business forward or what's keeping you from getting started. What piece of information, what what thing is, is sort of holding you back from doing what you wanna do in this business? I really wanna know, I really wanna create solutions for your problems and I can only do that if you tell me what your problems are, I truly want to help. Please send me an email at mike at juststartrealestate.com, subject help, and let me know what it is that's holding you back. Until next time, if investing in real estate is your dream, there's only one way you can make it a reality. Just start. 